It's life on life's terms. What's up, everybody? It's the Life on Life's Terms podcast. Back again, I'm Tom Robinson, a grateful recovering addict. And like I always say, we are not affiliated with any 12-step program, uh, so they're not responsible for anything we do or say. I am Chris Mandeville, and I am in long-term recovery. Um, We are here at a New Way Recovery Center on Quincy Ave in Quincy, Mass., um, yeah, huh? We are blessed to let to have them let us bring you this podcast from here. Um, we are practicing social distancing. Um, you got it. Definitely, yeah. There's definitely six feet in between us, um, yeah. and it, you know, you can obviously tell by the, how far away the cameras are too, just to get us all in. Um, you yeah. can find our audio podcast at lolterms.com. Um, please subscribe. Yes, if you could subscribe to that. Um, if you're watching this right now, please share this podcast on on your own page. If that would that would help us a lot. Or if you're hearing it in the future, yeah, um, future us would be very very grateful. And <laughs> uh, like we always say, anyone that is willing to share their experience, strength, and hope with us um, on the podcast, please don't feel don't be shy to uh, reach out and let reach us out know. to us. Um, so tonight we have a return guest um, that I've known for a while, uh, Chris Perkins. He's originally from here, from Dorchester, but he's relocated out to California. Um, and what was probably like a year and a half ago you were on? Two I'd years say. ago. Yeah. And and uh, we're just going to check in and, and see what's going on. Yeah, so you were an early. Yeah, see early what's going one. on out in, uh, oh, yeah. out in Cali and how this whole pandemic and all this crap and the fucking insane fires that are going on out there yeah man we were you were we uh streaming live on youtube uh facebook yeah facebook last facebook time. Yeah. i think we didn't yeah but i think it might have just been my phone still. just the phone probably yeah, was, yeah i don't think it was the computer so what's going on out in cali uh, you, you came back for for a, a, a little visit yeah i came back mostly to see um family and do a little bit of work for a couple of clients of mine uh, you know, visit <coughs> visit my mother mostly. Yep. Get in touch back with uh, you know, my friends, family. How's the uh, how's the weather difference? I mean, it was spiking a hundred before I left. Yeah, my buddy's out there. I forget what the fuck he said the other day. It was one hundred and twenty-one. Yeah, it was wow, one hundred and twenty-one degrees, and that was Holy in like uh, crap. That was like up. I don't even think it was out in the desert. I don't. How's the no, AC bill? Sun Valley. You yeah. know what I mean. More yeah, it was likely. fucking crazy. But even L.A. City was probably spiking 100 the, the weekend I, was, I left, right I before. think that was right when the fire started. Yeah. So you were a boxer, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You train still? Or? Yeah, I still train. I nice. mean, I haven't trained since the whole COVID thing started yeah, for like yeah. three or four months But because uh, gyms have been closed. Yeah, right. But yeah, mm. I competitively boxed for on and off uh, for about you know 11 to 12 years. Didn't, nice. they, didn't they open up the gyms and then they closed them again? Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're open now. Um, oh, that's good. Like only if they're outside. If the work, if, oh okay. If all the um, equipment is outside and it's social distance, they'll. Who the fuck wants to be working out of the gym at 121? No, nobody. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> but people, uh. people are willing to do whatever. Yeah, you know I, mean? I, I hear. Yeah. You. There was even a point where they shut down all the sidewalks um, and trails and like everything that was like you could do to stay healthy. At one point, out really? There. Yeah, it was crazy. They shut down like. Any type of hill walking situation you can possibly and, and think like, of. Wow. that's a lot of fucking shit out there. And even in Santa Monica, they put fencing up all over the sidewalks. I mean, you know how you could see over the ocean, like they fenced off everything. Wow, it's a lot of man hours wow. to tell yeah. people they can't exercise. Right, right. You can't even go out and f- get some fresh air. No, wow. I mean, you can, but it's risky. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> was were there cops out patrolling and shit, and like telling you to get home? I mean, the government showed up at one point when there was rioting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the National Guard uh, showed up because they uh, were just destroying everything. A lot of businesses. My business got affected because I was working in, in businesses in Beverly Hills and uh, couldn't get in them because they were all boarded up. Yeah. So it, it affected, you know, my work and my workers. Like, and why stuff. would you go up to Beverly Hills and fuck shit up? Rich people, man. 
rich yeah. stuff. If you break, you know, they broke into mostly stores that had value. Oh, all like right. Like the Nike right. store, the Converse store, the um, Shit Apple Shit that they stores. could just grab. Yeah, That's pretty just, much yeah. anything let's that go, was worth let's money. Let's go steal fucking telephones and iPads that have tracking on them so that when we activate them, they know exactly where we are. That's believe just, it or uh, not, believe it or not, not to put a conspiracy theory out there, but Apple knew beforehand and they cleaned out all their stores prior to the riots. Most of the stores. Yeah, anyways, yeah. And they're, they're owned by, I mean, we all know who they own. Yeah, owned exactly. By, but exactly. It's a little bit of a mystery of what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Who's exactly. Apple? Apple's owned What's by? really going on? Well, just the people that are involved with all them publicly you know. traded yeah. company. Yeah, they're a, they're a ginormous. But it's funny, like a month or two later, you see people on Facebook Market selling this stuff, like in bundles. It's like, why would you be that stupid and ignorant? Why wouldn't you just put one for sale instead of? I mean, I'm a yeah, I know. I'm a you know veteran <laughs> at criminal activity. But exactly, <laughs> I'm, I'm maximizing my profit. I'm not wholesale. I'm not shit, basically. Bro. Telling you that I have all this stuff that just magically came on the market overnight. Yeah, right. You know, Dude, you know, you got to remember, drugs are expensive. The people got to pay the pay the drug dealers. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but <laughs> I, I remember when I was out there, I was I was getting shit pretty cheap. Yeah, I mean, you know, stuff falling off the back of trucks like no tomorrow. Ah, oh, that's <laughs> like that's where I started doing meth. I think I my twenty first birthday, I was out there doing meth. I didn't go to the bar. I had already done all that shit in Brockton, like at like seventeen. So like the bar yeah. scene was like not a big deal. Mm. But yeah, I think I was doing that shit, and that shit was fucking disgusting. disgusting. Oh, crystal meth is yeah. yeah, yeah. It's an ugly drug. I really it never really got is. into it. I I did it when I was like sixteen, seventeen, when I was stealing car radios, and my buddy told me it was coke, and I was up for three days stealing radios in the middle of broad daily with people going to work, and I was like, never again. Yeah. yeah. You know what, you know what happened feeling. with me and Crystal is I thought it was supposed to feel like Coke. So I was waiting. I was like, give me some more. Give me some more. Fucking yeah. My eyes are like this big. I, I, was, I was bringing it back or mailing it back. You know, and then if I came back here, I'd bring it with me. And and this was long before nine eleven, so they didn't fuck it. They weren't oh, checking yeah. anything. No, we used to do you it could with mail the bike, it bikers, and yeah, they would you get could it mail FedExed. it. No problem. And people were doing it like it was coke. They're like, dude, I've been up for like three days. I'm like, how much of that shit you got left? They're like, none. I did it all. I'm like, what? I told you, like a little match head, a little bump. That's all you need. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't big in Boston back then. It was only like big in the gay communities because a lot of people used to go there yeah, to get it, party. And for some reason, meth turns people gay, or like gay actions for some reason, which is nothing against me. But like, yeah, I hear stories like from all these people, and I'm like, I, I don't understand it. Like, I it's, just it, it it see back when I went, when it's I very did it. like sensual like it, it yeah, affects that parts it, of the yeah, exactly. brain the mental and issue back when i did it the only people around here who had it, i did it out west in, in california but the only people out here who had it were bikers yeah yeah it was, a yeah, it was called crank back then because yeah, you crank hide in their crankshaft yeah does that why it's called <laughs> i didn't know that yeah yeah uh, they used to the, crank. the bikers the bikers used to ship it across country in their crankshafts yeah. so that's how they transported it when they did it back in the day yeah you, Huh. Very, very rarely did I ever get like actual crystal meth. That's like where it looks like fucking broken glass. You get what people called crank. Yeah. Which have was you, like just fucking backyard Have you shit. ever seen the pictures of the transformation of the people over the years, the mugshots? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's absolutely horrifying. Terrible. It's yeah. like a fucking horror show. Yeah, it's like zombie. Let's like, go, oh, my God. Like, they go from a normal person to or like somebody who looks like they're hard, they're having a hard time. Yeah, to the to like a zombie, like and it's, like a horror movie. But it's an arrest after an arrest after an arrest. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I oh. think if I didn't have ADHD, I would have definitely loved crystal meth. Yeah, I'm more of a downer type. I think like when I do coke, it's like a social event for me. Like I, I like to do it at bar rooms or, or like parties. I'm not a sit in my room by myself peeking out the window kind of guy yeah right i mean i used to smoke crack and shit but i would go up and down like shooting heroin and then smoke crack shooting heroin smoke crack but i always make sure i had enough heroin if i had just a little bit of crack i knew i knew people that were like hyper and like adhd and stuff like that and they would do coke and it would like level them up they would be like chill level playing they'd be like yeah be like a normal person instead of like bouncing all yeah, over. Yeah, I always you know? just shot for that like you like that feeling that you got the like, you know, the bell ringer and then yeah. I would just want to go back to like that 
like warm blanket and yes. then just go back to the yeah, yeah. powering up and down yep yeah yeah, yeah i never, was never the never. one to like run around naked and like watch endless hours of porn in my room by myself waiting for <laughs> helicopters to show up like i was never that guy they're out there yeah they, that guy exists though i guess yeah 100 percent. i can remember um getting crack and getting a, a spending my whole paycheck and getting uh, a cab from Brockton back to Norwell and like not wanting to go in the house and hitting the woods and being in the woods, smoking the rest of it by myself and having auditory hallucinations oh, yeah. and shit and thinking that people are walking around next to me. And that is some lonely ass. I, I can imagine smoking crack in the woods would it's be like an experience. Dis- despair. <laughs> right? I've taken LSD in the woods before and that was a whole whole nother experience yeah. yeah that's something completely different but insane my god it, it's uh it's it's gross and then when you come down after smoking crack all night it's the worst feeling i don't know i'd, I'd never want yeah, to i always hated the next day after yeah, acid the bird oh, acid oh. yeah the next day your whole mouth just feels fucked up and you're just like <sighs> you feel like <laughs> sticky and slimy it's oh it's the worst but it's like it's it's almost as bad as um being hung over but like your body just hurts like your mouth from like just you don't even know what you're chewing on exactly exactly i, I remember i was in uh i went to don bosco my freshman year i took acid i dropped it in, in in home and um my english teacher's like what's wrong with you i'm like what are you talking about she's like you have ink dripping down your face i go what do you i'm like oh shit i was chewing on a pen and i had no <laughs> idea that the ink exploded in my mouth and I just had ink oh, everywhere. And she was like, you're excused. I was like, oh, thank God. I was just like, yeah. that was back in the day when the, the combat zone was around. You know what I mean? You could just mm. walk outside and see hookers everywhere. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That was that so was, nice that that's not around anymore. That was insane. <laughs> like, we we used to go up there like 16, 17 years old. I mean, like I would take Someone the, would have a car like, hey, let's go to the combat zone. And just drive around for like couple hours like fucking it was it was madness i would take the yeah. combat zone back over anything compared to what i've seen down in mass ave now yeah yeah oh would, yeah that's you, that's you were a talking good point. before yeah i would take before hookers and pimps over um overdoses and deaths any day of the week you know? yeah yeah those yeah. people are, are it's just like such a tragedy such a sad sight to see you know yeah what I mean? like i like i said a friend of mine who's who's in the medical field shared a video the other day of I don't even like to call it methanol mile. No, you no. know it, it's a whole other word now. Yeah, it's it's, it's something up else at Mount Neocast yeah. and Mass Ave, and it's like it's just insane up there now. The what I saw in the video was just people like desperation, despair, like addiction is as off the chain as you could see, but also like just trash everywhere because yeah, they're like saw- hurting all the people that are that are addicts and alcoholics to these one area. You know, it's like. Uh, what what are you preventing? You're not preventing anything. You think they're putting pushing them there, the police? Yeah. I think with all the high-rises going up, like I said, this could be controversial. I think they're trying to sell a lot more high-rise condos that have been going up all over Boston, and they're pushing people out of certain areas, and yep. they're gathering them all in one area. That's possible. Or that's just where everything is. Yeah. Right. That's where the hospital is, and if somebody overdoses, they have a better chance of being revived. Oh, or that's, that's where just, all the people who know where to score. Uh, yeah, you know, pretty much. I mean, nothing on Mile is right around the corner, and they all congregate there. But, I mean, yeah. things have changed since the last time I was in Boston. Like, and that was a month ago. I'm usually here every month, and, uh, and it's changed dramatically in a short amount of time. When I looked over there, it was like seeing a bottom that I've never seen before. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that could be me tomorrow. Absolutely. Because I tend to give away everything really quickly <laughs> when I go out. And I'm out there yeah. for a very long time. But, like, that's just... It was a whole other world. It was like a zombie, scary, right? zombie-ish it's, bottom that I've never yeah, seen. It, it, it's, it's scary to think that that person could come back into my life. The me who was using. Uh, that right. person could come back into my life and take everything that I've worked for, everything that I love, everything that, that, that is dear to me. That person could take it away if Absolutely. I let that person come back. And all, all it takes is like one split second. To make the wrong decision, yeah, one bad choice, you know, one old behavior, you're not guaranteed to come back. But like to look at at what we see today, compared to when I was out there ripping and running, it's like, what the fuck? What is going on? Yeah, you know, yeah, and you know, this 
always ends up being controversial, but like if if someone needs needs to do medically assisted treatment, that's fine. But that's not meant to be a fucking lifestyle. Yes. Right. You know, like it, it shouldn't if, be meant to be a lifestyle anyway. But that's all that they have pushing now. Yeah. I mean I've every every I always go into a certain to, treatment center when I come home to do, you know, a panel. I'm yeah. not gonna specifically name them, but it was my second home and now they're uh, quote unquote safety zones now. Like you're in a holding facility on whatever substance, you know, suboxone, methadone, whatever. I mean, whatever keeps you from sticking a needle in your arm, but it's only prolonging that effect. I mean, yeah. uh, from my experience, my experience only, it doesn't work. I mean, I'm just an empty shell. Like, I have no feeling. I have no attachment to anything. Um, I have no emotion. I'm basically just maintaining. Yeah, right. It, it's basically just uh, liquid handcuffs or whatever kind of cuffs you want to call it. I just, there's no source of freedom in, in that way of living. And I get it. You want people off the street. But, I mean, and, and to go from shooting heroin or doing meth to getting back on on a maintenance drug, it's just, it blows my mind. Like, people go to prison now, and they're allowed to be on on medication. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? To maintain. I'm, I'm, like, I'm so glad. That's how I got sober, going to fucking jail. To but detox. you have to be sober to get on this stuff. I know. That's, it makes no sense how this, this works. I'm wait like, a minute. Wait, 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 wait. You have to be sober to get on Suboxone? To get if you go to jail, yeah, you have to be or, or more or less you have to be detoxed, pretty detoxed much. from your drug of choice to get on Suboxone. I was on Suboxone for a while, and I had to be off of. I had to give a clean urine off of heroin in order to get prescribed Suboxone, and I had to yeah, maintain this, that urine <laughs> in order to keep getting prescriptions. But but another thing that I find, everyone that I've known or met that's been on that's those drugs was way over prescribed. Oh, hundred percent. They, they were getting way more than they needed. So now, which I think is so much better, um, is they have, I'm not going to say the name of it, but they have a shot. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's you know, buprenorphine shot that lasts yeah. like a month. They had that. So you're not handing a fucking drug addict here. Here's, here's three, eight milligram strips per day for a week. So here, here's 21 strips that you can sell for like 15 bucks a piece. That's what I did. I, <laughs> yeah. I upped and my dose with my heroin. doctor, and I sold the rest every yeah. single time. Same thing with Neurotins. <clears throat> same thing with uh, um, Clonopins. You name yeah. it. Everything. All of those drugs. And like, like I said, I'm not knocking anybody that's on that stuff. No, none. But please don't make that a lifestyle. Like I, you, my this buddy, is, this is something that's supposed to come. You're supposed to taper off of and. From from what I hear, I've never taken a box, and so I don't know what it's like. From what I hear, coming off of that is the the worst detox that that anyone yeah, I know pretty, has done. You, it gets in your joints and your bones and stuff. It, yeah. Well, the thing about it is, is it it's like longer. it's like a methadone that like it, it's like a, a blocker. Yeah. All right. So what yeah. I when I first started using dope, uh, there was this one dude that we used to hang out with, and he was uh, on methadone. So he wouldn't be like a daily user, I got to get off E type of guy. Yeah. He'd be like, I just got paid. Let me get a bundle and do the whole thing to try to cut through this methadone. Yeah, right. You right. know, and that's dangerous as, you know, I mean, talk about fucking OD. Yeah, risk, that's crazy. You know what I mean? I know one person my whole entire life that has been in the clinic for probably 20-something years, him and his girlfriend. They both met there, and they have four beautiful children, and they go to the clinic every day and, and, and so on and so forth, and they have a happy life together. But are, yeah. they, are their bodies healthy? Are but they healthy? they're on, like, probably 170, 200 milligrams a day of methadone. Wow. So imagine that if you ever had to kick that. I mean, it's, it's fear, really. Fear is what drives everyone every day, and that's what yeah. put me on those situations where Suboxone or... Yeah, because you didn't want to be sick. Yeah, you didn't want to withdraw, so you found the next best thing was to maintain. And that's, from my own experience, was, was what I did. But this kid went from shooting heroin most of his life to get on Suboxone Clinic because he thought that was the only thing that worked. Because back then, you know, the steps and the solution really wasn't pushed on anyone. Yeah. And, um, you know, and he found a way of living. And he goes to work every day, provides for the family. Oh, but I, I see plenty of people it's, that... It's one case. But then again, he'll never be able to travel to 
Bermuda. Or, yeah. How, 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 how are you going to get through TSA with your fucking take-homes? And he's probably not going to live I mean, a he can't take life. take-homes because <laughs> he doesn't go to the meetings, I guess. You have to go to a certain amount oh, of meetings. Yeah, yeah. Because they both work, so they basically just go every morning and get it. So it's like, yeah, and you keep, how do you live a life like that? Not be able to travel. Like, I travel a lot, and I love to go where I want, when I want. It's just having something that, in my life that implicates me showing up every day for something that had to fuel my life. It, it, it's a dependency. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's a dependency. So <clears throat> as far as recovery and, and, you know, with all this stuff, how what's going on out in, out in the West Coast? I mean, the West Coast is uh, pretty much all shut down. Uh, a couple, a couple meeting halls have opened up, like you know, uh, this place called the Marina Center, where they have like morning, afternoon, and like eleven o'clock, almost like midnight meetings. Really, where like a lot of young people go to get sober. That was like the first place I heard of that opened up, and uh, yeah, they, they're like, um, what do they call them um, around here? Clubhouses. Yeah, clubhouses, like an Alano club or something. You know what I mean? Yep. And. Uh, so I came back to Boston probably three, four months ago, and um, I reached out to a friend of mine that was in a home group that I was here, and she told me about uh, an outdoor meeting in Andover, right? And I, I got, I, I went there, not knowing anyone, and uh, they welcomed me, and I became friends with most of the people because I went there every single night because I was getting uh, implants in my teeth, and I, I had to stay close to AA, and that was the only people I had to, and like I didn't know oh, anybody. Oh, were you getting uh, meds for pain and no, stuff? No, I wasn't, nothing but Motrin. You know I mean? so but I you just, didn't want you wanted to but the pain the was so severe that i had to like not take that chance you know what i mean yeah. i've gone out over tylenol on threes you know what i mean like yeah. i went on yeah. a run on tylenol threes <laughs> but um <laughs> so i went to this meeting and i got to know these people and i went every single night and uh they even asked me to speak once and i spoke and uh and uh, I took the idea back to LA, man. I, I, I was talking to my worker, which is also my f- close friend of mine, and I was, uh, I was like, we need to start outdoor meetings. And uh, we started. And, and that's a, like you can social distance. You can people can wear masks. Like. Yeah, it was all optional, and uh, we picked this one park, and there was a lot of construction going on. There was a train going by because we played softball there on Tuesday nights, and it was just too loud. We never noticed the trains going by when we were work when we were playing softball, and uh, so we went to this different park where this. Uh, other meeting used to be held indoors um and i basically it took off like maybe 10 people showed up and now we're pushing uh three meetings a week with over 60 people in attendance we wow, have that's good stuff we got chips we have anniversaries that we celebrate we yeah. have um literature now it's so it's do, unbelievable. You, do you do any of the zoom meetings no i've never done a zoom meeting in my yeah. life this I, is as it, close it, as I've been to being on that, online. <laughs> that blows that blows my mind that people are actually getting sober doing that. I, it's the, working for people. A lot of newcomers sh- show up at Zoom meetings, but they they find outdoor meetings because it's an underground list now. Like yeah. I'm, I'm listed, I guess, with the meetings, and uh, and I can't take credit for it because it's it's mostly just newcomers that showed up. Yeah. People in halfway houses or sober livings. And, and the word just spread like wildfires. I started a, a Facebook page yeah. that people can join. We get like almost 100 members. We have, I have a personal barbecue once a month. You know, we have camping. We have, it's called the Outdoor Adventures. So it's like anything outdoors, yeah. we're with it. You know what uh, I mean? That's pretty cool. If you go, uh, if you actually go on Central Service here, it shows like each, there's a key for each meeting, meeting outdoors, meeting inside. Oh, they changed it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Because people people were struggling, and and this whole COVID and pandemic, all this shit is creating. A, I think, and I've I've talked with other people, and they feel the same way. A whole different breed of alcoholics and addicts. Oh, hundred percent. That that normally wouldn't have been an alcoholic or an addict had they not had to stay in their home, and huh. now maybe don't feel comfortable which they may have never noticed before when they were going on with their life and doing their thing and and you know getting up and going to work but now if i oh, you know i'm gonna have a couple drinks today and then fucking before you know it now they're raging alcoholic and they run into the liquor store every single day and and you know a lot of it could be out of boredom i could see but that. but this is this is i feel Making a whole different 
set of star- circumstances for people that are going to trigger that allergy. That normally, it's certainly would not, not have good been. for it. I know a lot of people that addictions. had long-term recovery that's relapsed during this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Because they just were sick in their sobriety, and it's just one good idea. One right. You could go to a fucking million meetings. The liquor stores it, it, didn't close. Life. They right. remained open the whole time. Right. And why was that? Yeah. Because you can't just shut an alcoholic off from alcohol. Yeah, yeah because, well, they die. They're a necessary need. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they were... They essential. Were essential, <laughs> essential, yes. <But> people <laughs> like who are, are physically addicted to alcohol, they will die without right. it. So. Yeah, 100%. You're going to but they're also closing everything, closing all the treatment centers. Like this... And, and now you get all these little pop-up fucking treatment centers that, you know, take high-end insurance. And it's a fucking serious business now. Yeah. Like, recovery is a serious business. Like Big business. Billion-dollar yeah. industry. Yeah. You know, with well, with insurance and, that's and all, all the private that. care and self-pay. I mean, the insurance agencies did step up their game in the last year or so. Because they did kind of, like, start merging together and kind of talking to each other and kind of know what's going on with the yeah. whole like insurance racket thing but i mean it's going to take them a little while to figure the bugs out i actually had someone contact me this year three years later actually it's four years later of a treatment i went to on F- fugazi insurance yeah you know if anyone doesn't know what fugazi means i mean look it up in the dictionary yeah. <laughs> bullshit yeah. Yeah. hey hey you got 400 bucks yeah all right you're gonna buy a one-month policy right now yeah we're gonna ship you down to fucking florida we're gonna whack, ended up in california we're gonna whack that insurance for 40 grand for your detox you know, really yeah. then you're gonna go to aftercare iop and we're gonna yeah. hit them for another 40 yeah and and what Ugh. do you need? What do you need during the week? You need what? Five hundo? Cotton cigarettes? Yeah, you need some smoke. You want a scooter? You want an iPad? <laughs> All right, we got you. You know? Wow. Is that really? Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's real? I mean, a absolutely. lot of people have been busted uh, and is doing like big numbers, like life sentences over that shit. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like, it's fine to to have it be a big business because big businesses get big things done. But True. you need, with something like recovery, you need um, the heart in it. You need to have the correct um, intentions. You know, you can't. Yeah. This corruption is going to be in everything. 100%. And that's, I've watched so many people get into it for the love of it, for yeah, helping people. Until the, bank until the fucking checks going. start coming in. Yeah. You know, and, my, my sponsor worked in a treatment as a cook, and he called me all the time about how corrupt it was like how he found out that the owner was in with the clients that were being paid there they, they were paying his own clients that are coming in from the outside to basically ride it out for a week and just collect money on it and yeah. he's like i can't be around this it's making me sick and i go well COVID your personal out have, tell him you don't feel safe have him lay you off and then be out with it you're gonna make more money and it off. worked you know what i mean sure. I, I remember a couple of years ago there was there was a uh treatment center down the street where the fucking staff was just going in and helping themselves to the fucking food like taking home like fucking bags of chicken it, like it was insane like no one would be there at nighttime the staff would go into the kitchen they'd fucking raid the freezers like just taking the fucking I food mean, that was I'm supposed to be for the clients i definitely did that at the cushion house i mean i worked at the cushion house as a counselor and i would do my laundry there and steal laundry detergent but later i relapsed from that behavior. Yeah, right. I've well, made amends for it not too long ago, but like that basically just took me out. It was my actions and my behaviors that brought me back to getting high. It's not it an old behavior it. if you're still doing it. Yeah, it exactly. Because I thought they were getting it from the food bank. I justified my actions because they had 100 bottles of detergent that I could just take one home for free when I worked three jobs and clearly can afford it. And I just justified the... F- fuck out of it and yeah. i was like all right and then later on i ended up high over it so it was uh well it turned about it was a different story you were allowed to take food right it was like if you but it but it wasn't staff no it was clients it was, it was residents residents that who are still coming back yep you're there you're plugging into the house you're they know you're the struggling and, and they're they're they had to help you they may you make up your a little box or something and you take it yep. home right Rich, you know we survived on that shit absolutely like fucking <laughs> 
when the know, first apartment out of the out of the treatment center with the whole the cabinets were full of turnabout food. Yeah, because you're still you get well job making ten bucks a fucking hour. Yeah. <laughs> I literally was making ten bucks an hour, and I was uh, and I was only working twenty hours a week well, at the, and paying the fruit rent. Center? Yeah, at the, the fruit, fruit center. center. And paying rent, dude. And I was working a turnabout overnight staff once a week. Yeah. And like, so, yeah, I would have been fucked. But that's, yeah, that's a different eat. story. That was allowed. You were told you could right. do that. <laughs> These people are getting a paycheck to fucking work there, and they're fucking stealing the food out of the stealing freezers. Food. And plus, yeah. it was set up to where, to where, like, everybody's contributing and asking for donations. It's all being donated. And yeah. it's, it's, it's a little different. It's not like a private insurance place. It's right. Just, you know. So you, you got some meetings started out there. Yeah. So I basically uh, started a couple of meetings with a couple of the guys and, and we started like, you know, fellowshipping with people, even when we didn't have, uh, have meetings, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, because that's huge, man. Like, and we did it. So that's we, very. We're cool. not affiliated with AA because you know I posted it on another AA website and I got I, they wouldn't allow the post, so they basically uh, private messaged me and told me the reasons why in case someone got COVID at the meeting and it came back to them, they're at fault. And they go, all right, so we're not we're not AA wants to keep people indoors because of the whole COVID thing. And I was like, well, we'll just call it outdoor adventures. It's a meeting. Yeah. You call it what you want. It's a meeting of, of a solution-based meeting. It's not. That's why we don't do the preamble. That's why we don't yeah. do anything else. But we have a literature. We have the big book, and all the speakers have been through the steps. Right. You know what I mean, they have something of their own experience to offer you a solution. You know what I mean? I got a friend that has had a meeting run every single night since this shit started. Yeah. Fucking rain. Awesome doesn't matter hot cold like this this woman's been out she's originally from dorchester she is goes, that the gazebo yeah she yeah, goes yeah. to the gazebo and situate every fucking night Harbor. she's had a meeting out there yeah that's awesome it didn't matter that how many people cool. showed up she because she knows how important they that's, were for her that's the main goal is to get this to every night of the week if we can get it because it's self-run now everyone yeah. does their own thing i don't have to be there to babysit it and make sure it gets working but and and you know i understand the whole AA doesn't want to be responsible because you know I, I've I've seen fucking documentaries like no one no one is excluded from AA yeah all are welcome here. Some people aren't fucking savory characters and they're fucking right you know shit bags and st- stuff has happened to people and these people's family try and go back and sue AA you know like domestic violence someone gets killed or or, or whatever yeah, now they're trying they met in a meeting okay yeah. like that doesn't mean fucking. AA is responsible for what happened, right? But so I understand that whole fact. That's why we say we're no not one, affiliated. No one's responsible or affiliated with us, right? This is our own opinions, our own experience. No one's responsible, you know. Yeah. We're this. These are our opinions. I, I, I try yeah, not to not, give advice to anybody. Not advice. <laughs> not yeah, it's not yeah. advice. This isn't it's advice. Not a, it's not treatment. <clears throat> it's just uh, you know. Sharing information yeah. that we have found. Yeah, you could take it or leave it or fucking barbecue it. Whatever, yeah, whatever exactly. you feel like doing with it. You know, <laughs> but if you if you need some help, we could point you in the right direction yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not saying that we know anything. I don't know shit. As soon as I think I know shit, I'm fucked. But yeah, once we uh, had people that were like talking about like uh, waited from the next day to go to this meeting because they were like so impatient that th- that was like their week for them. Yeah, because they had nothing else to do. Yeah, so that that encouraged me to start even more meetings, and um, you know, it's a twenty minute speaker, and then after that, it's two to three minutes sharing on whoever the person picks, and it, it's just a really good meeting, man. Yeah, that's little, uh, that's awesome, and and it's helping nice. so many people. Uh, so many newcomers are showing up; it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's great because we do like burning desires. We have anyone under thirty days raise their hand to begin with, so we can recognize who yep. they are. What yep. about the bathroom? You guys got a bathroom? There's a bathroom there. Yeah, it's in a park. <laughs> There's a bathroom like not even a hundred yards away. Wow, yeah. that's great. Listen, the shit out there is different than the shit back here. Like yeah, oh yeah, all angles. Now we're getting to the movement where we're we're about to rent the park out for that hour, and we're gonna get a sound system because it's growing so big, and, yeah. and we're gonna get electricity from the one of the poles, and it's gonna be a whole thing. Yeah. Hopefully, run after meetings, go back into the halls, and and the wow, you know the cool. funny thing is like Good stuff through. Throughout all this, I, I run a uh, refuge recovery meeting also um, on Tuesday nights, and the recovery center just opened back up 
um, at South Shore Peer Recovery Center in Situate. And, like, there's some people that are looking for recovery, but they hear AA and they don't want to do it. 100%. You know, I don't know why that is. I don't, you know, maybe, like, fucking they had a, a bad experience or someone in their family was in AA and they were a fucking asshole. I have no idea. But, like, outdoor adventure, whatever. Like, that's... People are just going to come in and they're going to get the same thing, whether they know it or not. But, you know, because pretty much everything, every every recovery process started with the the big book. 100%, you know? yeah. And, and, Shout out two guys sitting down. Yeah, and they use it for... for Friggin' uh, drug addicts anonymous, overeaters anonymous, gamblers, gamblers anonymous. Sex is the anonymous. same book. All, All you it. do is just switch the the word because it, it's you know people know that it works. It's a twelve step process. You know, even, like even Russell Brand. You know how how to unfuck yourself. He basically took all that text and just switched shit around so that people are like, oh, all right, I'm not really doing AA, but you're doing a twelve step process. Yeah, you know, because yeah. it, it, it's some Same of the best idea. results. Anything to fucking free your mind from that, yeah. that fucking miserable way of living. Yeah. And that repetitive and life that for me, I've I've been in recovery long enough that like I've realized that just the twelve step process isn't gonna fucking fix everything no, in my life. Not anything. You no, know, it ain't sure. gonna fix everything up here. You know, there's there's other things that I need to do. So that now this is why I'm involved in, in the refuge recovery, the Buddhist path towards recovery you know i i listen to all kinds of different stuff that you know meditation which they they talk about in 12-step recovery prayer and meditation meditation is huge huge oh it's huge. really really good and yeah. and i never i wish i got more involved a long time ago and people it's not like people weren't telling me about it it's yeah. not like there's a, you know <laughs> it was they, a, people were saying it yeah it wasn't a secret yeah. just you know my life may have turned out a lot different had I got involved earlier. Meditation, but, yeah, you think? But it's it's happening exactly the way it's supposed the to. The way it's supposed you to know? happen, that's right. Um, I'm just trying to be a better person, you know, for you, the most part. Back then you were learning other things that you had to learn. Yeah. Now you're learning something Yeah, and new. I still fucked those up, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, anything that could yeah. go wrong in recovery has gone wrong yeah. with me, but I... Only thing I've done 100% is not pick up. Yep. That's it. And fuck for 18 fucking years. Yeah, it amazes me. Yeah. It's amazing <laughs> that every year you're like, why was it? Why didn't I know that last year? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. There's a, next year there's going to be something else you wish you knew. Yeah. You know, it and, just keeps, these, keeps unfolding. Yeah. The, the universe is funny. It'll keep presenting you the same lesson until you fucking learn it. Yeah. <laughs> I've definitely been one that, that got burnt by the stove multiple times. Yeah. Kept going back and like I don't think it's that hot right now and yeah. just fucking ah oh, it'll be different this time hundred percent dude um, you sit there and 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 uh, anesthetize yourself you know you you numb everything out you don't learn anything for years and years yeah and, then and, all of a sudden and it doesn't even have so to be much. drugs it even sober drug. yeah fucking yeah. it takes a while to yeah it could, it could be clear. it could be women it could be work it could be money it could be fucking stuff you know we, but, we could we could numb ourselves out with whatever we want true. Yeah, right. I mean, it's you just can get in a pattern with anything. Mm-hmm. There's I mean? so much to life that you miss out on when you're actively using, though. Is what I'm oh, saying. Oh yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? you just there's just you think, oh, I'm going to be so bored. Yeah, and it's really like there's so much to life. There's so much more, and there's such there's beauty in everything. There's beauty in even the fucking shit days. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you just it look depends on how you're looking at it, right? Man, I don't gotta put shower shoes on though, do I? Right. You know and I if mean? I want to put shower shoes on, I can. I can. <laughs> I can get me some nice ones. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I, right. You know, it's, we were talking about the um, the jails with the with the maintenance drugs. Yeah. Plymouth House Corrections is the only one that didn't jump on board. Really? Yep. Because no they're private, they're like, no. I never uh, been to Plymouth. Yeah, I, I would always. That's where I. That's where I ended town. up. That's <laughs> where I did crime. Up. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's where I found. That's where I found AA, and and that's where my journey started. And when I was talking to um, the sheriff, we actually had him on the show. The we had the DA and the sheriff uh, 
at one yeah. of Susie's things. Yeah. Um, 24 hour power. Um, the, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. Yeah. We had them on good. real quick and, you know, then we've met with them since and they're like, no, we're not, we're not jumping on with that because they, they see, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's no yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. And then we had the future sheriff on, maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> drugs are still going to make their way into the prison system regardless. Oh, absolutely. But it doesn't help by fucking and, having it and like, do they think legal. That, do they think that these guys aren't going to figure out a way to fucking cheek this shit? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you know what I mean? Motherfuckers got to eat. Yeah. You know, and if it, all right, I'm getting, I'm getting Suboxone strips every day. They're going to figure out a way. Because they figured out a way to get it in there. Yep. You know? I, I I knew many people that caught habits in jail because yeah, of fucking plenty of people. suboxone. No, plenty of people that have been stabbed over catching habits and not be able to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. Dude, do you think that the that the pharmaceutical companies said to themselves, "Yeah, no, we could really help these people in prison. Maybe we could get them off drugs by putting our suboxone no. into the fucking no." Prison. They talked to their accountant. Yeah, they went. And they said, you know "Hey." What? What, a revenue how much stream more can here. we charge? What's the next business plan? <laughs> yeah, how much more can we charge a county yeah. for a strip of suboxone than we can charge a person, a, a, a pharmacy, a, 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 an, an individual company, yeah. or insurance company? Yeah. You know, imagine what the cost is now for a fucking inmate for the day when he's getting twenty-four milligrams too. I can only yeah. imagine. It's gross. It's it is it's sad. It's insane. It's gross, and it's uh, you know you miss out on on the beauty of life. When it, you're but also. They don't inform people. Yeah, you don't hit a bottom in prison if you're on a maintenance drug because but, you come but, out with a habit. Yeah, but they also don't inform. Even on the fucking street. Here, take this. This will make you feel better. But they don't say, wait till you try and come off it. You're going to yeah, feel yeah. like fucking shit. Yeah, but I don't think anybody would be like, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to have that. I'm, I don't want to. Yeah. They'd be like, give me that. <laughs> yeah, right. In that moment. In that, in that moment, moment they always well. choose to grab it. But it's. Yeah, never once have I gone to a doctor and say, uh, him say, or her say, that you're going to have the worst withdrawal symptoms coming off this. They're always like, listen, you can't take this. Well, you have something in your system because you're going to have bad withdrawal symptoms. They've never said, like, after you consistently take this for more than a week, you were going to withdraw worse than you are now to get on it. Right. (laughs) Never once have I ever heard that come out of it. You said you were uh, in a motorcycle. A motorcycle accident. Yeah, I got hit on my motorcycle about a month ago. So now did you end up taking any payments? Yeah, I had to take uh, Vicodin. They're called Narcos in uh, Cali, but I had to take them for three days. Yeah. Yeah, that was a scary situation. I've never done anything uh, taken as prescribed. So while all this was going on, you already had... Yeah, I was pretty successful. You already had these meetings in place. Yes, I had these meetings in place. uh, So it kind of makes you think like, okay, did, did all this happen... Did I start all this so that I had a place to go? Because had you not had a place to go and you were just fucking stuck in the house with COVID and working and you started taking Vicodins, could have been a whole fucking yeah, different story. could have been different. Crazy situation. I got hit on the motorcycle in California. The next morning, I was in Boston. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. That's so right. I had the meetings that I initially went to three months ago, three and a half months ago in Andover to... To relieve my comfort. Outside meetings? Yeah, the outside meetings in the parking lot at um, at the skating rink. And they grew to over 70 people from like the 10 people I was there like prior to that. So then I found out about the Charlestown meeting and I started going to that one as well. They have meetings two times a day Yeah, uh, at the bleachers near the high school. I mean near the projects. Yeah, near the high school. And uh, I just stayed close to AA, man. I stayed close to talking to people i talked to my sponsor and just basically anyone that uh could help me more and that's and that's the thing like when when we don't rat ourselves out and we try and oh fuck i'll 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 be okay i'll just take these and you know i'm not right you keep it all because because you know there can be a lot of judgment in that as well 100 percent. oh yeah i've relapsed every time taking pain medication yeah but but people say oh you're Listen, if you're, if you're in fucking pain, personally, thank God I haven't had to take anything. Yeah, I, I, had, I had my appendix taken out, and I told them that I was, you know, addict in recovery. The fucking nurse made me a bracelet that they have to look at before they do any surgery. Yeah. It said no opioids. I said, listen, if you're knocking me out and you give me a painkiller, that's fucking fine. I don't want to wake up and feel fucking high. That's it. 
I, right. And I'm not going to take anything home. They're like, are, are you sure? I'm like, I'll take fucking Advil and Tylenol. I'll be good. Because right. I don't want to trigger that. 100%. You know? I tried Motrin and Tylenol the first 24 hours after getting hit by a car. After the accident. I couldn't walk. I, I was unbearable. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've gone through some serious pain because I've been on a motorcycle accident prior to that, and I've gone out for a couple of years uh, due to that relapse. But I just was like, you know what? I, I kept that script. I didn't fill it immediately. I basically waited, and then I went and I filled it, and uh, I took it as prescribed because it was, it was life or death. Yeah. Like, I knew what my past was, and I've relapsed over every prescription medication I ever took, which I had a couple of root canals down with some access, and I had pain medication from that. Like I said, the Tylenol 3, I went on a run with that. Mm-hmm. Tore meniscus during sober softball. I went on a run from that, and I got hit. Uh, I mean, I got in a motorcycle accident, and I got put on painkillers for a couple of months because that was pretty bad, pretty bad, uh, like 80% road rash, and uh, I went on a run from that. I didn't mm-hmm. choose to go to detox. I just choose to go back out. Right. You know? Yeah, I remember years ago, my sponsor, uh, Joey, uh, had his shoulder surgery. And um, he says his idea was he had to take the pills as prescribed because he was afraid that he was going to wake up and be in so much pain that he would go out and get something on the street. Mm. You know what I mean? And so he, I just remember him saying it was really hard. And he remember looking himself in the mirror with the pinned eyes and just being like, you know, scared. Yeah, but yeah. but when you're I honest with yourself that. and then you're honest with other people. Yeah, I called my sponsor exactly, immediately. Yeah. I was like, listen, dude, this is a situation. This is what's going on. I don't think I can handle it. I was like, I don't know what I should do. I was like, uh, but I am going to Boston um, tomorrow morning. And I was like, heroin is very accessible for me. Not only heroin and fentanyl. So yeah, being sober right. three, three years and some change, me copping some heroin just to get uh, some fentanyl to kill some pain. Boom. I'm dead. fucking dead. Dead, immediately right. that's yeah. right doesn't yeah. matter if i do a match head or a half a match head i'm i'm fucking dead yeah or even trying to buy something else 100 percent. i even know like my mother knows the type of jeopardizing that i'm in because when i went to the dentist she's like i'm gonna go with you yeah when i just had my teeth done she's like i'm gonna go with you and it's not because she was giving me a ride so i in case i was in pain after which i was because i got implants in she was going there to tell them, like, listen, this kid's kid take any fucking opiates. Right. Because right. he's going to go on a run, and then my life is ruined. And so, like, this time with the accident, I couldn't even tell my mother. Like, you know what I mean? I called her immediately. I was on the sidewalk in pain, thought my ankle was in three pieces. And I was like, Ma, I just got hit on the way to the hospital. I'll call you later. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, I didn't. She's like, did you take painkillers? I was like, I was honest with her. With the first 24 hours, I was like, no, I didn't take anything. But then the next day, it was a different different story. I didn't yeah, sleep all night. Back here. I was in agony pain. I was getting on a plane. The pressure alone was just fucking, it was tremendous. Oh, uh, yeah. I bet. So I copped out, and, you know, I got the prescription, and I, I just stayed on top of it, man. I, fucking every six to eight hours, I took one. Do you, do you have a sponsor? Yeah, 100%. Same yeah. sponsor that I've had since uh, I first got sober. So, so you, you probably share with them, like... Yeah, he knows yeah. everything that's maintained with me. So, like, my sponsor took me through uh, 12 steps within the first three months of my sobriety. He mm-hmm. came to my sober living every week, sat with me for an hour, two hours sometimes, and went through this process. And he basically did word by word, page by page, um, and, and took me through this. And I met him in a uh, $40,000 a month treatment center that I got sent to an insurance base. And uh, yeah. the only reason why I never heard this guy's story, the only reason why... I asked him to be my sponsors because he treated me like a human being when I was less than. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Every morning he woke me like, good morning, Chris. <clears throat> Time to get up. And I would already be up. And he'd be like, why are you always up with your bed made? I'm like, man, I'm just grateful to just ha- be in a place like this. You have no idea what, what the places are like back home. Oh, I'm like 40 guys in like uh, pajamas that have been shit and pissed in sweat. Like, yeah. Going government, from government to meals, like, like that. we got a chef, like a swimming pool. Like <laughs> yeah. I got my own TV. Like this is great. Yeah. Like, the worst one I was ever in was the Shattuck Hospital. That was bad. Oh, oh. Was Andrew just... Detox on the island was yeah. my first detox, and I had to go back there three weeks later because I did detox from detox because I was on like a six year run. Yeah. And I was like fucking shooting like three grams a day, and it was ugly. And back then, like heroin was strong. You know, what I mean, it yeah. wasn't this fentanyl shit. Yeah, exactly. And like you see people, 
you see people that are that are doing fentanyl now and it's like the high from from the fentanyl is so short that they have to do way more and and like way more often because like i remember back in the day i would get these bags they were called up and down i would do a one or two bags all fucking day that would be it yeah and then you get some shit where you have to do like 25 yeah you know throughout the day but like even just just watching a uh intervention because i've never done fentanyl either i don't know what that feels like right who knows and 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 this girl on the show had a fucking (laughs) five gallon bucket of needles in her room because wow because she would have to shoot up like every hour every yeah, it's two crazy. hours it literally oh you shoot up you look at wallpaper you wake up and then you're like sick 45 minutes later yeah it's, and you're her, licking her, wallpaper her arms, yeah you're just like her arms would fucking just face plant up against the wall and just like not even coherent yeah, to the world yeah yeah like heroin had like a, a shelf life yeah you know it's what I mean? like fentanyl it's not fun but it's addictive you yeah. like you're on that extremely and, and it's like why you know, why is that even around? That was the first thing that came to mind when uh, it was a reminder. It was a COVID. I was like, how the fuck do you steal in this thing? Like, how do you operate as yeah. a fucking drug addict in, in a society that's shut down? Absolutely. It's like, I can't even I go was to the store and boost. Yeah, I, I can't even go fucking steal. But then you're like, well, everyone's wearing a mask. No one's going to know who I am when I rob a bank. Yeah. But then you go in a bank, it's <laughs> only like six people at a time. And they got security checks. It's like, yeah, what right. the fuck? I can't give you this note, lady. <laughs> Six feet yeah. away. Like. If I can hold up a big note. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's fucking crazy. Everyone's behind a bubble. Give me the money. <laughs> Don't call anybody, please. You got like a whiteboard. <laughs> when I yeah, when I got sober, it was a lot of people robbing pharmacies back then. Uh, yeah. yeah, back in the day, that yeah, was yeah. jumping the counter at the pharmacies. Nobody's doing that anymore. No, because. Oxy's no, Oxy's aren't around as much anymore. Yeah, well, OC eighties aren't around anymore because yeah. of the 30s. fact that the pharmaceuticals finally got rid of them. Yeah, yeah. you get perk thirties, but yeah, but yeah. that doesn't. That's not worth hopping on pharmacy for, you know. Right. Yeah. At least in my book, I know like there's a difference between the perk thirties and the OC eighties, where I think the OC eighties had a addictive chemical in them that basically ruined your life. Yeah, and it just you just <laughs> wanted more. Yeah, all the time, and it was like. It was a high you never experienced, even on heroin. It was fucking unreal. And I even say it today, I'm like, if I ever came across a bag of OC80s, I have no idea what I would do. Right. I don't know if I'd be sober at that moment. That, that's like, like someone from the 70s finding a whole fucking bag of quaaludes. quaaludes. Yeah, I remember those. <laughs> I did them right before they disappeared. Really? The lemon heads, yeah. $7 oh. for a great weekend. Because you just cut it, <laughs> cut it in half, and you're like, you just take one, and you're good for seven to ten hours. And then the next day you take another one, another Fuck. half, and you just, it was the best, cheapest way to get fucked up. It That's was crazy. Awesome. Crazy. <laughs> and I'm not that old. I mean, I, I may look old, but I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm there. You're younger than me, I think. Yeah, I'm 40. Yeah, I'm 48. Yeah. I never got those. <laughs> I'm missing a good time. I know, right? <laughs> but, you know, on that note. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm glad that you hit me up. We tried making it happen last time, but didn't end up working out. When, actually, I think someone we were supposed to have on ended up flaking on us, so we probably could have had you on the last time you were out here, but it is what it I can't is. believe you fly back and forth so so often. It's pretty yeah, cool. I mean, it's it's a life that I, I wish I always had. And right. <laughs> I yeah, have yeah. it. And it's, yeah, it's great. Second it's crazy. Because I've, I've watched you struggle fucking... I've known you for a while. Yeah, you know I've been I mean? in and out of the halls fucking 13, 14 years. Like, yeah. I was 27 when I came in on bank robbery charges. And I got sober for a short amount of time on a court card. But, I mean, short amount of time meaning like three years. But then I crashed my motorcycle. But I was already mentally relapsed before that happened. Yeah, yep. And, um, you know, I was back and forth like a, like a tennis game. Uh, in and out, in and out, in and out. And I always knew what sobriety and happiness was together and yeah. i've always had brief moments but i never truly took the leap in like doing all my financial amends which i've done this time and it's it's fucking life-changing man. And, and you're in a position to do that yeah 100 you know I mean? percent. i've made amends where I, I never thought i would be in the location or the place to do them like loon mountain yeah i had no idea it was gonna be a loon mountain last year snowboarding and like i was like now's the time to do it i'm like i'm here yeah, I stole fucking ski gloves from them when I was like 13 years old. Really? Like bundles <laughs> of them. 
back then when they had like the the glow ones, like the fucking neon gloves, yeah, like eighty dollar gloves. Yeah, I stole like fucking ten pairs, you know. Yeah, like, just <laughs> at thirteen. Like, yeah. Fucking I, would, I was kids. a thief before yeah. I was a drug addict, man. It was that behaviors. <laughs> that's, yep. that's, that's what gets me Absolutely. high, and that's what brought me yeah. up there. Was first, just time, a, first time I ever got caught was Bradley's, and it was when like the foam grips came out for your bike. Yeah, and I don't even think I used or kept any of those gloves. Right. I think I stole them for approval from my brother. You know yeah. what I mean? It was, yeah. It was plain and simple. And yeah. then I, I, you know, I made amends for that. I made amends for a whole bunch of other uh, financial amends, like... Um, places i never thought i'd walk into and right. do it people don't think that that's really important oh you know? it's, it's fucking tremendously blossomed my sobriety in ways that i've never thought it would do yeah you know wow. i mean because now you have nothing it's an insurance policy that, yeah. that basically keeps me going it, it's crazy now you have nothing on your fucking checklist on the bad side no you know? not that i know of. and if things do crop up i try to make them when i can yeah you know when i run into people especially like people i've harmed in the past i I run into them all the time, and I'm saying, listen, let's just sit down and go over this. Yep. Like I just did recently, last time I was here, with a long friend, we both know him. I haven't seen him in a long time, and uh, I got you know, held up on some certain situations. I was selling stuff in my sobriety, and you know, I, I held him accountable for it. But I took the pinch, because I, I, I knew what I was doing. I took 100% fault, and uh, it got reconnected, man. I mean, I meant to him. I was like, listen, any way I could pay anything back, like, nice. I'm, I'm good to go. Like. He's like, no, nah, you're good, man. And I was like, all right, cool. I was like, as long as we can get that friendship back, that's all that matters. Right, right. Yeah, there's there's certain things that that, that block you off from from the good life or the yeah. power that you you should have. The sunlight of the and, spirit. And uh, yeah, the sunlight of the spirit, and uh, you don't even realize it. You know. What yeah, I mean? I mean, I've written off friends for all the stupid shit, man. <laughs> stupid shit, stealing my drugs or like stealing my girlfriend. It's like, yeah. It's like, how many times have you done that to somebody? Right, exactly. Oh, like, I've stole somebody's wallet and helped them look for it. Yep. How, uh, how, how closely, how close was it to, uh, to the girlfriend being the drugs that he was stealing too, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it was awesome to have you back. Using you know, people like drugs. It was glad awesome that, to be back. Yeah, glad thanks, that you're doing well. We appreciate you coming um, back. Yeah, it's... it's Hopefully shit gets us story, huh? Hopefully them fucking fires get put out, man. That's oh man, crazy. I just I, I pray for everyone, uh, especially my uh, my friend Maddie. He's uh he's in real critical condition right now. He got in a motorcycle accident up north where those fires were, and uh, yeah, he's been in surgeries every day for the last week now, trying to save wow. his limbs and shit. It's pretty bad. Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I take a chance every day. I get on my motorcycle because I'm back out riding again. And um, you know, it's, it's basically people that drive that don't pay attention or text messaging and stuff like that. It's a uh, it's pretty bad out there, but you know, just keep him in your prayers if you can. Keep everyone that's in the fire situation and the the fire zone in their prayers. But uh, yeah, lost a uh, a kid that yeah, I man. that I met and and you know we we hit it off pretty good the other day. This kid Bart Loftus, and also um, someone that was you know an amazing graffiti artist did a lot with Susan Lordy. Um, he went by the tag Mize. Yeah, he uh, he ended up uh, passing away a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, it's just this disease is still fucking full still force. Taken, you know what yeah. I mean? It, it, and all it takes is one bad decision. You know, and and it could be any one of us. Yeah. Um, so if you're out there struggling, ask for help, man. It's 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 a lot easier than you think it is. Yeah, um, and the thing the, the the thing is, it's a beautiful life. Yeah, and there's so much to life. You can do anything you want on. in sobriety. You know? Anything you want. I mean, I do whatever fuck yeah. I want, whatever like, I want. Bro, do you ever think you'd be working up like near Beverly Hills and fucking Dude, flying I, back? And I'm like, forth? do these people even know who I am? <laughs> like, they give me fucking passcodes and shit in the fucking twenty million dollar mansions, and I'm like, I just robbed a bank. They have 10 no years idea ago. my past. Like, <laughs> and they don't care because I'm fucking trustworthy, man. It's yeah. funny. I see the fuck. I see the you know you do your vi- little videos. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to do my own shows and, like, and shit. I'm like, fucking shit. Look at this fucking kid. You know, that's yeah, awesome. Man, life's been good. good stuff, man. It's man. like it's it's your actions speak louder than your words. Absolutely. And it's crazy that I'm actually trusted between you know my family members, especially my mother, my stepdad, and like uh, you know the people around me. Like my you know clients. What it, was? it was the good luck of you coming on the podcast last time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, guys, <laughs> listen, you get you get sober. There's no limits to what you can no do. No limits. What you can that's achieve. it. Hundred percent. You know, the, the sky ain't the limit. There ain't no fucking limit. No, no limit go. at all, man. Yeah. Fucking, you could do whatever you want, whenever you want. Absolutely. You know I mean? It's just whether or not you're willing to pay the consequence for it. Right. That's true, too. 
Yep. All our actions have consequences. <laughs> All right. All right. That's one hour. Right Thanks, there. brother. Thanks, All right. Chris. Uh, LOLterms.com. Please subscribe, everybody. Like, subscribe, share. Please share. Um, yeah. You know, the audio podcast is it's awesome. Yeah. You know, like, Sounds good. You, you can just pop it on in the car. Fucking, you right. know what I mean, or or at home if you, if you're not able to get out to a meeting. What was That's the last why we one? started this. What was yeah. the last one I just put out? One oh seven. One oh five. One oh five. Tina. Yeah. So we've got a hundred and five episodes. Podcasts. Yeah, I love podcasts. scrolling through Facebook and seeing this shit. Yeah. I just pop it on. I'm like, what's up, guys? Yeah. It's just fucking. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, if, if so you reach can't out, out to these guys if you got a story to tell. Absolutely. Fucking, Always looking for guests. I yeah, want to. I want to hear it personally. I want to hear your story. Right. Awesome. Cool, Chris. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Peace. Peace. I live in this world full of anger and